0: shepherd was the only
1: one with the weapon to fight back.
0: (laughs) I guess you're right. Do you know why the shepherd was at the nativity to begin with? To fight off alien robots? No. God told them to go there because he wanted everyone to know that Jesus had been born.
1: Yeah, but didn't God use weird alien creatures to tell them? Like there were all these shepherds in the field watching their sheep,
0: right? And then a great giant orb with eyes Different descriptions for a lot of different kind of angels in the Bible including ones that look like flying rings with eyes all around them and creatures with different types of faces but there are also angels that look just like big strong men. <laughs> the important thing is is that God sent a special message to these people that had a job that most people wouldn't want to do The shepherds were always out in the heat and the rain, and they hung out with sheep, so they probably didn't smell very good. And as a result, most people didn't want to be around them. And not only that, most people looked down on shepherds as insignificant. But God didn't think that they were insignificant. God made room for them in this story because he knew that once they saw the Messiah, they would run up and down the streets letting everyone know what they had seen. He hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph and there was a baby lying in a manger after seeing him the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child and all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished
1: Thank you, angels. Anybody else notice when they came out and were described as big, strong men that there was laughter amiss in the room? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> we did the best we could, the biggest, strongest men of the congregation. All right. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Not happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Amen? Yeah. It really saddens me that, uh, that I just rarely hear it, not only from the employees that we interact with, and I don't blame them. I mean, they, they're trying to do the best they can. But when you say Merry Christmas back to them after they say Happy Holidays, they now have a pass, and they can say Merry Christmas right back to you. Amen? Even at Target. All right. <laughs> Today's message, week two of Make Room. Make Room for Shepherds. The title is Make Room for Shepherds, but the topic is Providence. Providence. Providence means divine guidance or God's power sustaining and guiding human destiny. I'm going to start our sermon a little bit differently because I hope today, as we talk about the shepherds and the narrative of the Christmas story, that you take away a reminder that God is providential, He is over all, He is never surprised. He knows the end from the beginning. And before you and I ever ever found our lives upon this earth as we were born, and every day we face challenges, every day we face things that surprise us, every day we encounter problems and even blessings for that matter, but before any of that, In this little teeny tiny slice of human history that we call 2021. God knew that he would send his son. That Jesus would be born in a manger. And that that was the pivot point for all of human history. That God literally put on flesh. The creator became the creation for the sake of of bringing eternal life to all that would receive that gift. Providence. Job chapter 42, verse 3. I still am having a hard time myself wrapping around my head around the idea that I'm starting a Christmas message in the book of Job. Most of you know the story of Job. For those that don't, the Reader's Digest version of this, not virgin, I'm thinking Christmas story on the mind. The Reader's Digest version of this story is a man named Job was righteous and went through a time of testing allowed by the Lord. God's providence was still very evident and still very present in the story of Job as he lost family members as he lost flocks and resources, as he lost almost everything in this world that he had for a testing time to see if he would curse God. He didn't. He questioned God. He cursed his own situation, but he never cursed God. We find at the end of the story, as things are beginning to be restored to him, right before that, in Job chapter 41 and 42, God says, who are you to question me, basically? And Job responds and says, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. I hope and pray today that in the story of the shepherds, you would be reminded that there are things that you do not understand that are nonetheless wonderful and if we can have a humility approaching God we can begin to realize that his blessing is still evident is still present that he hasn't left us that he's always stayed beside us it is we who leave him today pray with me For the sake of the message, Lord Jesus, today Anoint your word This preacher May I share what you want us to to hear today I pray right now, God, that you would cancel any plan That the enemy may have to confuse And distract Today, oh God These next few minutes We commit again to you Have your way in Jesus' name, amen. The Make Room idea speaks of inclusion, of partnership. Last week, as Moses was preaching about strangers, you'll have to excuse me. I, I really feel that the Holy Spirit wants to do something today in hearts and lives. you know there's times that i just feel overwhelmed it's hard to jesus I'm sorry You know, if I were to look back on my own life never in a million years would I have imagined what today would look like. Certainly had hopes had prayers but never could I have imagined the family that God has given me the church that I'm able to serve, but beyond that, that God would keep me around another year, another day. Yesterday, I was walking around the house, and for these those of you that don't know, there was this thing called COVID going around. And in 2020, I got hit really early with it, so much so that they had no idea what was going on. They still don't, by the way, anyway. And yesterday, I was walking around my lung. My my lung started to kind of feel weird. And so I found myself standing in the hallway at my house going, Okay, I can still breathe. But it was, I guess, for me, just a reminder that every breath that I have is a gift from God. We get so caught up in the menial things of this life. The story of the shepherds is one where they were just doing their daily tasks. Taking care of animals and working in the fields. Yet on this day, something amazing was going to happen. Maybe today, the menial activity, the normal activity of coming to church, or maybe you, you normally don't come to church and you're here today. Maybe today is that day where whatever you didn't expect was going to happen is about to happen. So if you feel like I'm preaching at you, it's your fault for being here today because the Holy Spirit is the author of everything that flows from this pulpit I pray and as I endeavored to write this message at the beginning of one just telling the story of the shepherds it's Christmas time, hooray, hurrah peppermint and candy canes there are some deep truths that we're going to uncover today are you ready? number one The story made room for the shepherds. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, we find the story of the shepherds. I think it'll be on the screen so you could follow along. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby. Guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah. The Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Many translations say swaddling clothes. Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone, What had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. The story, number one, made room for the shepherds. The Bible is the narrative of God's story and how he interacts with humanity. The scriptures hold all kinds of truth for all kinds of situation. And when you dig past the surface, you find many, 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 many things that you can apply over and over and over again. The Christmas story is one that I've read so many times, I've lost count, yet this year, As every year, God shows me something new. The story made room for the shepherds. The narrative could have happened, yes, without the shepherds, without the angelic visitation, but it didn't. Why? Why are the shepherds included in the story? In the narrative of your life, is there room for people? Sometimes that you don't consider first Sometimes they may be on the outskirts or not in the city like the shepherds were They weren't in Bethlehem, they were next to Bethlehem Have you considered those people that aren't in your circle but maybe next to your circle? The story made room for the shepherds Sometimes there's people that all too often are forgotten Remember, it is our opportunity, it's our responsibility It's our call to include them. The way the story and the narrative made room for the shepherds, it is God's expectation, I believe with all my heart, for us to make room for those people that may be overlooked. People that might get on every last nerve within you. I don't want to invite them. I don't want to have to call them. You text them. And then they call you. Why are they calling me? I just texted them. Don't they know protocol? You with me? What are you doing this Christmas season to look to those people that maybe even you yourself have overlooked? The story made room for the shepherds. The shepherds was a job that was very common in those days. And in Scripture, it was an honorable position. Abraham, the father of the faith in the Old Testament, his son Isaac and Jacob, and then King David himself, all shepherds. Then you find the the first thing we'll notice is that the field was the place of this interaction. I want to encourage you, you cannot overlook detail in Scripture. Every detail is important the field near bethlehem is important why because the place where god was going to send his angels to visit the shepherds tells us a lot it was strategically positioned next to what bethlehem scholars believe that it was about a mile away maybe a little less nearby in bethlehem The field has been determined by many that this field particularly was called Migdal Eder. It was the tower of the flock. There was a tower built in this field. Why is that important? There's so much information we glean when we understand that this field was strategic. Guys, I want you to understand something. You don't just happen to be in a place. When you walk with God and under his Direction and under his guidance and under his providence, you are strategically positioned in places in your life. And as soon as we feel like we just happen to be somewhere, we miss an opportunity that God may have for us. Your workplace, your school, and even today at this church. The field was the place. There's going to be more later on that. The farmers were the partners. The farmers were the partners. Now, I'm gonna get into the, my expert farming knowledge for just a moment. When I lived in Kannapolis, I planted a garden. Funny story here. I planted a garden and had no idea what I was doing so I borrowed the tiller from my neighbor next door. His name was Hub, not Herb, Hub. I borrowed a tiller from him one day and it had just rained and I said, all right, I'll go till the, I'll go till the, uh, the soil. In North Carolina, we have dirt that's called red clay. You with me? So I'm out there a- tilling away. This thing was probably... 100 by 100 square in the back of the lot there, and I'm just tilling away and Hub is sitting in a rocking chair where he's watching me. Just a rocking. This thing was killing me and these layers of clay were getting flipped and I got done, worn out, and I go over and say, thanks. Thanks for letting me use the till. You want me to put it in the shed? Like, yeah, go ahead and put it in the shed, and he said, you know, as I started walking away, you know, You're not supposed to till ground when it's wet. Thank you, Herb. I'll borrow it later, I guess. So I don't have vast knowledge, but I do have this interesting understanding. Many times there were fields that were shared between crops and shepherds and farmers. And in the off season, after the harvest, they would allow shepherds to come and bring the flocks on to the the fields. And what would happen is, is the sheep and the goats and the animals would come and they would graze and eat the stubble and the leftover things after the harvest and they would clear the field. And when they were eating all of this stuff and clearing the field of all of the old stuff that was grown, they would drop off something. Are you with me so far? And so they would spend that season, that off season, that transition season, that quote unquote dead season for farming, they would be there doing their job. And while the field was dormant, something was happening. The junk, the waste left behind was preparing the field, y'all don't even want to know what I'm about to tell y'all was preparing the field for an even greater harvest next year. So come on. I have no idea where you are today and where your season is. But the field may be dormant now. But allow God to take the junk of what you brought into it And use it as fertilizer for a greater harvest next time around. Oh, my goodness. I have personal testimony in my own life. When I left my first church and thought I'd never go back into ministry again. And spent two years plus outside of ministry. And then God made a way. Amen. You find the farmers and the shepherds that were constantly fighting in most areas had found a way to be partners and to get along. And while the field was resting, the shepherds were working. And the field was being prepared for the next thing. And there are partners in placement on purpose. You may be the farmer, you may be the shepherd, you may be the sheep. You may even find yourself as the field today. I think of it this way. The farmers weren't even there, but they were still allowing by, by partnering with the shepherds good things to keep happening. I think of missions. You may not be able to go to the DR or, or to North Korea or to Honduras. You may not be able to go and to be a missionary, but you can give and make it happen. Amen? The farmers were partners With the shepherds, number two, God made room for the shepherds. Preachers like to say God that way. God made room for the shepherds. So when I say it that way, pay attention. These shepherds weren't just normal shepherds. Again, historical studies and even oral traditions have found out that these shepherds weren't just uh, young boys typically that would be left in the fields because nobody else wanted to do the job. These shepherds were probably more like 30 years old and these shepherds were actually trained in the priesthood. Why? Because they had a unique job. You see while they were there near Bethlehem the other city that was also nearby was Jerusalem and there was something called the temple in that city You see the shepherds were believed to have not be the nomadic shepherds that normally would happen but they were to live in Bethlehem or even Jerusalem and they were to work in this field and they had a very unique flock many believe that this flock were dedicated To be used for the sacrificial system at the temple God made room for the shepherds God made room by inviting and sending the angels And allowing the shepherds to be in the presence of the angels To hear the message about the Son of God and His coming God made room for the shepherds First of all, the uniqueness of these shepherds They were called temple shepherds And they had three jobs to do They were to keep watch over the flock to set aside the firstborn. They were to keep watch over the flock to make sure it remained unblemished and pure. And they were to keep watch over the flock for the sake of the sacrifices that had to be made. Now, back to this tower in this field. I think you're going to like this because I got real excited about it when I was reading it. It was the tower of the flock. And the shepherds would use this building, this structure. The chief shepherd would find himself in the top of the tower. Why? To keep watch over the flock. To make sure there would be no predators and none of the sheep would be lost. And Jesus keeps watch over you and I to make sure that we stay safe and in his care as long as we walk with him. Amen? It's the umbrella of obedience I talk about all the time. As soon as I'm, uh, when I'm walking with God and in obedience with him, yes, bad things will still happen in my life, but God is still with me and protecting me. But when I get outside of the umbrella of obedience, not only am I vulnerable, but I better watch out. When I get away from the tower of the shepherd and the chief shepherd that's keeping watch over me, we talked about it time and time again. That the devil is compared to a lion. He isn't a lion, but he's compared to a lion. And lions like to eat animals that are sick and alone. Don't you believe the lie that if you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, you don't need a church family. You do. They would keep watch over the firstborn. This tower was designed with the top level for the chief shepherd, and then the bottom level, the other shepherds would be there. That's where they would keep the feeding troughs. you know what a feeding trough is called? A manger. That's where they would keep the feeding troughs, and they would bring the sheep there. And so they would also, on the outside of the tower, they would have mangers all around it, and they would take the food from inside the tower and put it in the feeding troughs outside the tower to feed the sheep. And when a sheep was ready to give birth, they would take it inside. Hmm. And the shepherd would watch very closely. Why? Because this firstborn sheep from this flock had to be set aside for sacrifice. And in order for that to happen, it also had to be unblemished with no broken bones and no, no injuries whatsoever. So the shepherd, their job, I'm trained, they were trained as a priest and they would sit there. And as soon as that little lamb was born, they would take it and to make sure that it wouldn't hurt himself because they're freaking out, right? Newborns and baby lambs, they'd go, ah, the same thing. They would take that little lamb and then they would grab some cloth and wrap it up tight. Ooh. And then they would take that lamb And they would lay it in a manger Long enough for it to calm down So it wouldn't hurt himself I'm just going to sit back here And let y'all get it <laughs> So the shepherds This was their practice This was their practice And then the angel says Hey Born to you this day is the Son of God who is the Messiah. And you will find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And I can just see the shepherds smacking each other. Are you kidding me? Seriously? We do do that. And so they hear this. And this is where the Lamb of God language is based. And the Bible tells us that as soon as they heard this message and as soon as it clicked within their mind and and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And as soon as it all happened, the Bible says they went right away. Sometimes we hear a word from God and we get excited sitting in the church, but we don't do anything with it when we leave. Be like the shepherd, which is the obedience of the shepherd, which is the second part. God made room for the shepherds. They were unique and they were obedient. And when they got the message, they said, we got to go do something with this. Let's go. To find this baby wrapped in cloth. Who lays a baby in a manger? They must be out of network or PPO or something like that. The hospital said, no, no visitors due to COVID. I don't know. But they heard all this and they went. They did something with it. Number three, the people made room for the shepherds. The people made room for the shepherds. Scriptures tells us that when they went and they were telling the people about it, they were amazed. They heard and they were amazed. Verse 18, astonished. You see, in this day and age, while we were talking about the shepherds being an honorable profession that was, that was designed by God because King David and Abraham and all these other shepherds, and God used this profession to teach them how to, to care for these flocks, and he wove it into the story. What we find is in the Roman rule, just like it was with Egypt, Egypt, Shepherds have become people of bad reputation, dirty, undesirable, untrustworthy. Shepherds have become these people that no one wanted to even listen to, and whatever they said, you couldn't believe it. Have you ever met anybody like that? Don't listen to them. Take it with a grain of salt, you might say, which I still have no idea what that means. But the people made room for the shepherds. They, were, they heard and they were astonished. They gave credit where normally the credit would have been dismissed. The people made room. And here's the thing that sticks with me more than anything about this story, about this message that I want you to take home today, is what Mary did. It says, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them Often Mary heard and reflected. Please don't forget the goodness of God. Please don't forget the truth of God. Please don't overlook the hand and the provision and the providence of God. Please don't. Make room in your life for meditation and thinking on the goodness of God. Psalm 48.9 says, God, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. Psalm 119.23 says, I will meditate on your degrees. Psalm 119.27 says, Help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. Psalm 119.48, I honor and love your commands. I meditate on your decrees. Psalm 119.52, I meditate on your age-old regulations. O oh Lord, they comfort me. Psalm 119.117, sustain me and I will be rescued. Then I will meditate continually on your decrees. Psalm 145.5, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious, and your wonderful miracles. Think about him. Think about his goodness. Don't get so distracted with things that just don't matter. God is in control. He's providential. He's above all. Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God. You could just stop right there. He was in the beginning and bring it all the way back to Revelation. (laughs) As we're reminded who God is. Revelation chapter one. I am the Alpha beginning and the Omega end. The beginning and the end, says the Lord. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. The Almighty One came down to this earth and allowed himself to be born in a manger for me, for you, he made room for you, can you believe it, in my father's house are many rooms, Jesus said, guys, I'm going to tell you something, If you've been trying to buy a house nowadays, you know square foot is expensive. Are you with me? I did a study on New Jerusalem one time. There are millions and millions of square foot in New Jerusalem. So much so that you and I can have a home That's in the, I think it's hundreds of thousands of square feet. God's made room for you. But sometimes we just don't want it. We just don't give in to it. We just don't allow his goodness and his grace to wash over us like like we so desperately need. There will come a day when we stand before a throne. And God says, enter in to my glory or depart from me for I never knew you. The Bible tells us that there will be people that will come and say, Lord, Lord, I did great things in your name. And he'll say, "I, I don't even know you. So it has nothing to do with what you do. It has to do with the condition of your heart, your spirit. Are you alive in Christ? Jesus was born so you and I could be born again. Bow your heads with me. Our next two Christmas services are going to be all about salvation. Make room for the Savior and then our Christmas Eve service from the cradle to the cross. But today, you have an opportunity now. Say, I want to make a commitment. I don't, I don't feel like I have a relationship with Jesus. I, I, I know of Him and I've, or I've heard of Him today. But I do not feel like I have a relationship with Jesus. I have not yet allowed him to be the Lord in my life, to be in charge of my life, to trust him. If that's you today and you say, I want to make that commitment today, then all you have to do is just slip your hand up right now. I'm not going to wait long. Right now, just slip your hand up. Say, Pastor, pray for me when you pray. I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ today. Slip that hand up right now. Now, the second question is this, and you can look at me for this one, because guess what, according to your testimony, we're all believers in Jesus, and that's awesome. So the challenge is this, from this preacher to you, you better make room for people that don't know Jesus for the next two services. Invite somebody to join you. Don't worry about the photo booth and the cocoa and the cookies and all these things that we have, those are wonderful things. But next Sunday, I want to see some hands go up in the house of God of people that have not yet made a relationship for Jesus Christ, had not made a commitment for a relationship with Jesus. Amen? And you're the only ones that can do it. God allows us to be a part of the story like he did for the shepherds. So walk in obedience. Tell somebody about Jesus and what he's done in your life. Amen? Let me just pray a blessing over you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to be together today. May you do great and mighty things in the house. Continue, Lord, to bring blessing to this place. Keep us safe. And God, may you just blow us away with what you're going to do in the future. Help us, Lord, to be ready. Ready, Lord, when you send the harvest. In Jesus' name, amen.